0: and welcome to Podventures in Odyssey. I'm Tatiana. And I'm Emily. Every week we re-listen to an episode of Adventures in Odyssey and then sit down to recap and discuss. And We are going in album order and currently we're in album 3 and we are on the episode Connie, parts 1 and 2.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. We've been waiting so long for yes, this
0: episode. This is one that, that has been a long time coming, both in the narrative and in our own personal podcasting anticipation.
1: I feel like this is the episode that really sets the stage for what uh, Adventures in Odyssey
0: becomes. Yes, I agree. I feel like it's the two-parter that ends the, like, classic bundle album. I could be wrong about that, but that's... It just, it seems like the thing that should come at the end of, like, the establishing of the premise of the whole show Mm -hmm. in a certain way. Which means it kind of feels like it should have happened already. Yeah, it does. It just, oh, oh I well. I mean, not to
1: say that we didn't have a great time going along for Connie's ride mm-hmm.
0: through Faith. Or for all of the additional episodes in between. Yeah, I don't, I won't call them filler episodes, but Odyssey has such a different feel moving forward from this episode onward.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of feels like a different show, honestly. Mm-hmm.
0: And... That is due to many factors, or maybe two major factors we could and probably break down.
1: Yeah. Should we
0: break them down now, or will we get to them? Um, let's get to them. Let's just dive in. What we're famously known for in this podcast. No banter. Only recap and discussion. We're real, real quick on the update. Yes, we we are that, if nothing else.
1: So, we open on Chris, of course, no more Chris Corners so far. Yeah, I know they were back for a second, and now they're gone. So no, no little sketch. But she is setting the scene by telling us how things happen real fast after you've been waiting for them for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Connie is going to take a trip across the country,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and may even result in a new life.
0: Ooh! It has been a long time coming, and I am glad that throughout this episode they intersperse flashbacks to the journey leading up to this episode that Connie has gone through. And I forgot that that was a feature of it. I did too. But I feel like it was an effective use of flashback to just sort of like bring the rest of her journey like into your consciousness while this story unfolds.
1: Mm-hmm. Kinda of bring it all into focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So opening scene is on Wit's end where Connie comes in late and is really excited because she has finally gotten her mom's permission to go to California for the holidays. Huzzah! And,
1: yeah. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Wit is, I guess, serving ice cream behind the counter or doing something. Yeah, in the shop. he's there. And, and his initial reaction
0: is like, hold on, slow down, you mm-hmm. lost me. Yeah, he's weirdly reticent, and it, it just seems like he's normally excited for people who are excited kind of thing, so it just feels weird that he's not really matching her energy through this scene. But at the same time, like, knowing everything that is going into this kind of makes sense. And he explains it a little further later on. Mm-hmm. Like, why he's not as excited for Connie as she is. Witt's first thought after she comes in
1: and tells him this is like, well, why are you asking me, like, what are you saying? She's like, well, you're my boss. Mm-hmm,
0: right, yeah, I, I, I'm leaving whenever you give me permission to go. And he is like, well, you can go anytime. And it, he, the way that he says it, it sounds like he doesn't want her to go, but at the same time, he is thinking to himself, I don't have a right to keep her from going to California. Like, this isn't my role mm-hmm. to do this to her, you know? It's like, he might not want her to, but, like, making her stay for work is, like, not a solution. Right.
1: Well, especially he's probably thinking that she'll resent him if he yeah. tries something like that, and that's yeah. not what he wants.
0: No. Yeah, it would be pretty disingenuous of him, I feel like.
1: Mhm. So, he immediately is like, "Well, I'll have to find someone to take your place." Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And she's like, "You're going to replace me?" And he's like, "Well, that's up to you," which I found kind of funny. Yeah, it's like, cause... "Connie, you
1: haven't thought this through." Right. Yeah.
0: I know, maybe for the briefest of recaps, Connie used to live in California with her mom and right. Then when her parents split up and her mom moved to Odyssey, which is presumably somewhere in the middle of the country, Connie's been wanting to go back there ever since Mm -hmm. for the last three albums of this audio drama. Which has been a year in Odyssey time, we're told. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because the first album's got the Christmas stuff going on. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been just about a year that she's been there. I just think it's funny
1: that Connie, it, her immediate knee-jerk reaction to finding out someone's taking her place at wit's end is like, no, you can't do that.
0: Right, yeah, it seems like the the notion is not a good one to her, like she doesn't want to be replaced.
1: Yeah, she hasn't quite reconciled, like within her own mind, that leaving Odyssey to live in California means also leaving Wit and Wit's End and all the people
0: that she's built relationships with and Mm -hmm. that their lives still have to move on. Right. It's kind of the first inkling of a large part of what this episode is about in terms of Connie's, like, internal mental and spiritual turmoil and trying to figure out what it really is that she wants because she thinks she wants one thing and she doesn't recognize what that thing actually is until the end of this two-parter. Mm-hmm. And right now what she thinks it is is California. And in fact I think that's what the next scene is even about. Um, because I started marking scene breaks in my notes. Smart. <laughs> I know, I don't know why it took me this long to figure that out. But um so Wit's tacking up the help wanted sign and Tom uh comes in and they talk about why he needs new
1: help. Mm-hmm. And Wit's like, Oh, you want a job? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Sounds like, for what you pay, forget it. <laughs> I missed that line. That's funny. So Tom is talking to Whit. They're kind of reminiscing about the things that have happened. And like Connie feels like a feature of the shop and that, you know, she's been here for a long time. I think Wit mentions to him like, oh, she's been wanting to leave for a long time. Like you he remember up, what happened. Yeah, exactly. She was, it was back during, um, we have a flashback to stormy weather which took place in the summer when Connie was about to leave with her bus ticket. And then she didn't
1: leave because of everything that happened with Wit. Mm -hmm. He's like, that kind of allayed it for a
0: while, but it didn't go away. Right. And the flashback that we get, I think at that point, is the crisis that happens in that episode in which lightning shatters the front window of Wit's end and Wit had to have 18 stitches in his leg due to the glass. Which Tom gladly reminds him of. Right, yeah, Witt's very like, oh, I was fine. How many stitches, Witt? Oh, a few. 18, Witt. Yeah, 18. 18, Mr. Whittaker.
1: So I can't remember if it was Tom or Wit who pointed it out, but they, I think they both discussed that Karen's death particularly kind of affected Connie and probably brought all of this restlessness back to the forefront of her mind. Yes.
0: I think it was Wit, but yeah, it's kind of in their discussion. They are kind of talking about, like, why is this coming up for Connie now and why is Wit feeling uncomfortable about it? And, um... Wit is worried that Connie is looking to California to be the answer to this restlessness. And
1: that going there will undo all of the work that they've done by pouring into her over the past year.
0: Yes. To which Tom replies, or it will affirm it. And I appreciated that. I actually really appreciated this whole conversation in a new way. I think being an adult is different... It's a different perspective because I feel like I can see Wit as more of a person, like as more of a concerned spiritual father mm-hmm. through this scene, rather than in the past just being like, oh, and then, you know, the old guy is just like, hope oh, Connie is okay in California or whatever. I don't know what my impression was as a kid. I feel like I just yeah. tend to, like, identify more with the person who is close to my own age, mm-hmm. which would still be Connie at this point, but I just... <laughs> You're an old soul. I'm an old soul now. I have aged spiritually. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: but I feel like, um, in a way, Connie has, I think, become a blind spot for Wit in the same way that his family is because he perceives her as he would a daughter.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That totally makes sense. And that is like both how it is written and how it is acted. And I feel like that kind of puts the nail on the head
1: puts mm-hmm. the nail. <laughs> and Tom, we've seen, has been like historically the spiritual brother who comes and kind of talks to Wit through these Yeah,
0: he's the one that shows with the blind spots. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's totally true. Wow, this is, like some good Odyssey writing we're getting into right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's unlike Wit to be so nervous, you know what I mean? Like, usually he's the one being like, oh, well, it's in God's hands, and I trust God that he's gonna guide Connie to whatever. But that's totally not what he's like in this first part of the episode. He's nervous when Connie is asking to leave, and then he is nervous about all of her spiritual growth being undone very interesting yeah
1: and then that's when they pray
0: yes because tom yeah tom is like you know whatever is going to happen to her on this trip it's it's god's business like god will take care of it and then wit is like yeah and let's pray for connie and tom is like and we're gonna pray for peace for you john avery mm-hmm. during this you know be watching out for your own spiritual well-being right now recognizing that wit's feeling vulnerable yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a good scene it's a good scene i know and i was in the midst of thinking of how good the scene is when the door opens the doorbell oh, rings and then long long last eugene oh how we've been waiting for him for three almost full albums and it just felt so good to hear his voice It's like coming home. It is, and it felt like even though we've heard the voice actor do voices before in the show, it's just Eugene now. It's just, it's something is so right about it. I kind of want to cut in his intro. (laughs) Good
1: day, gentlemen. Hi. Hello. You realize, of course, there's a more efficient way to let you know a customer has come in than the employment of that small bell above the door. Probably. Are you a salesman? No, sir. My name is Eugene Meltzner, and I'm a science student and, might I add in all modesty, a recognized genius at the Campbell County Community College. I'm sure you've heard of it. Whom do I have the pleasure of
0: addressing? Uh, I'm John Whitaker, and this is Tom Riley. Howdy.
1: <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> An abbreviated form of the phrase, how do you do, or in the older English, how do you fare. Uh, uh, in answer, uh, Tom, I fare well, thank you.
0: What'd he say?
1: Eugene coming in and just... I don't. I don't even have words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just. He is just his Eugene self. Like he. How do you describe Eugene? He is pedantic.
1: That was it's the first like, like, word that came to not mind. Not quite the but... right
0: word though. Verbose. Yes. He is very verbose and very very smart and slightly out of touch.
1: He's like. An absent-minded professor mm-hmm. with an ego.
0: Yeah, except that he's, like, in his 20s. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> and also what I like in this scene that I've not really noticed in the past is that uh, his professor wanted him to come and work for Wit because Wit is, like, a scholar and an inventor and everything in his own right, mm-hmm. and that Wit has a, quote, different approach to life. And I'm just picturing this professor, like, working with Eugene and, like, having Eugene in his office and being like, you know, Eugene just, like, going on and on and on about his studies and the professor looking at poor Eugene and just thinking to himself, like, this boy needs some life experience. Like, he needs somebody to teach him how to be a human being.
1: Like, someone who can do that who is also
0: intelligent enough to keep up with him. Right, exactly. So it's like, oh, Mr. Whitaker, the inventor who helped write an encyclopedia, and who is, like, the most grounded person of all time. Perfect fit. Mm-hmm. A perfect match.
1: Although we will see. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it doesn't go to the greatest of starts. It's so funny to me. Um, I mean, they're very cordial with each other, and this also sets up uh, Tom's and Eugene's relationship I... somewhat, to where Tom just can't understand a word Eugene is saying and is... Like, um, help me, Mr. Whitaker.
1: I thought so, too. I was like, here is the groundwork being laid for the very, very complicated relationship between Tom and Eugene, Mm -hmm. in which Tom somewhat resents Eugene. Yeah,
0: they, like, oh gosh, it's so fun. I know, it's like the, barely the beginnings of it, where Tom, at this point, is just straight up confused by him. But then, yes, in later times, it grows into a dynamic of frustration. Um, but for now, it's just, what the heck is this boy saying? Wit, is he okay? And Wit's like, uh, you, you know, oh, he's fine. And Wit is translating and stuff without being like, well, let me explain to you these words, Tom. You know what I mean? He's just like, I think he said this. Mm-hmm. Understanding Eugene perfectly. Oh, in yeah. All of his fancy language syntax and vocabulary the part that got me that i missed
1: Mm. on our first listen through is when tom wants to know if he's a foreign exchange student (laughs) and eugene goes pardon
0: yeah that was also really funny i don't know if i've ever noticed that before either
1: pronounced it in the french way i
0: know it was like eugene i don't think he was making a joke either it just so happened that that was his response it's funny i'm so happy we have eugene let me see. The only, I only wrote two other things about this scene, which is that Wit accidentally calls him Hubert. Yeah. And I don't know what the deal is with the name Eugene in, like, media getting mistaken for other names. It's, I feel like, a common enough name, but also Hubert. I think Eugene, like, frequently gets mistaken for a Hubert for some reason. Is Hubert more common than Eugene? I don't think so. So, whatever. Maybe it's just an Odyssey thing. Maybe. And also the Eugene realizes that the name Wit's End is a pun because Wit wants him to call him. He's like, oh, just call me Wit.
1: He's like, I believe that nicknames are disrespectful.
0: Right. And then, yeah, that's when he realizes that uh, Wit's End is a pun and he hates puns. It's like, wow. All right. Coming out of the gate strong, Eugene.
1: You hate puns? Puns require such a level of cleverness, you would think. It would be, like, fun for him. Yeah, wordplay and stuff. But no. Yeah. He's not about it. Maybe because puns require a little bit of, like, social acumen Mm
0: -hmm. as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe so. It's, like, it's, it's such a weird thing because Eugene also seems very gregarious in a certain way he doesn't seem like he's a shut-in or anything no not at all just seems like he doesn't know how to connect with people in a certain way we'll get to that i have more notes written about eugene in later scenes Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: but for now this next scene is connie packing her bags and she is super excited and the first thing that I wrote down about that is, uh, as she mentions to her mom that she's excited to be out there catching the waves in California, and I was like, oh my gosh, Connie surfs. Yeah, we I don't- I never realized that. Never will it be relevant before or since. No. Yeah, I'm like, we don't actually get to see her surf. No, we don't, unfortunately. But I just, it, I thought that that was cool.
1: Brave of her to go in the water when it's that cold.
0: Right? <laughs> It might be a little bit warmer in L.A., I don't know. Oh, maybe, yeah. Santa Monica, I think, is where they are. Mm-hmm. So her mom is, like, not enthused, kind of like Wit wasn't at Wit's end. It seems like she's having second thoughts. Yeah, and she... Connie is like, oh, I've got to go, and her mom is like, oh, you can go still. But Connie is, like trying to explain to her mom why she wants so badly to get away from Odyssey, because her mom's like, I thought that you liked it here, and Connie is like, I do, but I'm also, like, sort of putting on an act for people, because, like, this place isn't me, quote-unquote, like. Mm -hmm. She has this picture
1: of herself and who she is, and it doesn't really fit odyssey
0: yeah and that she's tired of all these people trying to convert her by like reading bible verses and she's like they try to sneak it in there but i know what they're doing i just don't let on and stuff it's cute um <laughs> the, i yeah i write down that she's having an identity crisis yeah because the person that she is is getting further and further away from the vision of herself like you said
1: and of course, when she's going there, her dad's not going to be around either Mm-mm. because of work. So yeah, that's, that's like adding to the anxiety that her mother is having. Mm-mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And Connie also is like unsurprised that her dad will probably not be around and doesn't seem disappointed. We'll learn in later episodes of Odyssey that yes, this is kind of the person that her dad is, mm-hmm. but he's not in either of these episodes.
1: No. Even though she's staying at his house. hmm.
0: I have that we are back at wit's end now. Yeah, And Witt's on the phone with Connie being like, I'm going to be at the bus stop to say goodbye. And this is the scene where Eugene starts pitching his ideas. Mm-hmm. After
1: all, isn't convenience and efficiency what inventing is all about?
0: <laughs> isn't
1: it? Isn't it? I, I, you can make that case. I wrote down mile a minute, Eugene. Mile a minute.
0: He, Yeah. He's just brimming with ideas for how to improve the shop basically and one of them being like oh the train display could be so much more efficient with a computer program and wit is like yeah well then the children wouldn't be able to run the trains and eugene is like exactly (laughs) like that's the point yeah so it's like okay we can already see the disconnect between wit's and eugene's way of doing things but wit doesn't immediately recognize it and i attribute that very much to everything that's going on with connie Yeah, he's kind of preoccupied. Yes. Because normally I feel like Wit would, like... Throw on the brakes? Yeah, would be like, well, the the thing is, Eugene, that we actually want the kids to learn and play and grow. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Children things.
1: All those things that you want to happen at a Discovery
0: Emporium? Yeah, and Eugene is like, what even is childhood? I didn't have one. (laughs) We'll get to that someday i don't know if you want to cut that it was just my honest thought right now I think it's funny i'm gonna keep it <laughs> spoilers for eugene as a person but we'll get there someday in odyssey you can kind of tell that he is this kind of genius
1: we've been facetious up to this point many times right? Though,
0: so how will they know <laughs> so now we are at the bus stop it is time for Connie to go, and I think it's cute that um, she's there with her mom, but she's looking for a witch. She's like, he said he'd be here, like, you know, excited yeah. to say goodbye. But, and of course, he's there, and um, let's see, he um, asks her to promise to come back, and she's like, I, I don't make promises if I'm not sure that I can keep them.
1: You taught me that,
0: Mr. Whitaker, right. And we remember that. We'll get a flashback from it later. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's left presents for her mom, which is cute. And her and her mom's dynamic is super cute. Your mom being like, I love you so much. And Connie's like, yeah, yeah, me too. They're so precious. (laughs) Super, super precious. Um, She's like, don't open them early. And the mom's like, oh, now that you've told me.
1: And then Wit has a gift for Connie.
0: Right. Yeah, he hands her something. And the bus is leaving and Connie's like, oh, all I can do for you is a hug. I didn't get you anything. He's like, I'll take a hug. So they hug. And then Wit says, you know, I love you, Connie. And I want you to remember God loves you too. No matter what, like, that's the important thing. Like, remember that. Mm-hmm. No matter and what happens. Connie thanks him and there's like, you can tell that she is only thanking him for the sentiment behind it and not really exactly for those words. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting sort of nuance in the acting, but... And maybe it's also the context of the episode where you know that this is Connie's headspace, that she's just, like, tired of the Bible stuff, but I do like the people. So. she gets on the bus, and the bus is, like, actively driving away, and she makes them stop, and I was, like, stressed out.
1: Yeah, I was like, are you gonna miss your bus? <laughs> like, you can't... Ah, you gotta get on the bus! <laughs> Missing transit is, like, a real stress.
0: Mm-hmm. A yeah. real adult stress. Yeah, truly. Um, That's our mid-episode break.
1: And then we come back. She is on the bus, and uh, someone has asked for the seat next to her to get mm-hmm. away from a child who it's is being overly rambunctious. Right.
0: It sounds like a girl her age. Mm-hmm. sounds like some teenage girl. And uh, I thought it was interesting... That Connie's first reaction is to have empathy for the kid. Yeah. That she's like, well, it's got to be hard for kids. So much energy on a long bus ride. And that is not, like, what you'd expect from a teenager. You expect him to be like, ugh, I know, right? You can sit by me. We'll talk about cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, Connie's been working at wit's end. She knows what kids are like. Yeah. And what they need. So, yeah, I just thought that was cool that she actually reacts with empathy before anything else. Mm-hmm. And then she
1: gets to talking with her neighbor, and I couldn't help but notice how much her neighbor reminds me of Connie when we first meet her. Yeah,
0: and that's gotta be intentional by the writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is, like, not jazzed about where she lives or where she is going, that she's being made to, like, visit an aunt somewhere. An
1: Aunt Gertrude in Denver, and she's not <laughs> enthused about Denver, and I'm just gonna say Denver's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with Denver? Only hear good things.
1: But I might be biased. <laughs> but she thinks that it's super cool that Connie's going to California. Right. She wishes she was going there because people there can do whatever they want.
0: Mm-hmm. And be whoever they want to be. And no judgment, man. hmm And then I think she gets a little bit judgmental because she spies that Connie's got a Bible. And Connie is like, oh, I'm like, you know, reading it, but it's not really mine. Like, I'm not really like that. Like, I'm not a Christian. I'm like not was, super religious. Like, it was given to me by Ooh. someone. hmm mm-hmm. Like, a little bit defensive, but then at the same time, when this other unnamed teenage girl, is, like, I used to believe in that stuff, but, like, you know, nobody's gonna tell me what to do, and, like, if I need to change something, I'll do it myself. I'm basically a good person. Right, and that's what triggers Connie to say, like, I'm not so sure. Like, I used to think so, too, like, that you could change yourself, and then there's a flashback to the episode Promises Promises, which was a story about Connie deciding to change herself, And it did not work. And the scene that we get is Wit telling her how the change
1: has to happen deep down in your soul first, and you can't do it yourself. It Mm -hmm. has to be changed by God.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the other girl is not convinced and just thinks that you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, morally speaking.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: At least that's how I framed it in my notes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, she doesn't want to sit next to this... Christian girl, so she gets up and goes back to her seat.
0: Yeah, she doesn't say it, but it feels like she's just like, anyway, cool talking to you, goodbye. hmm Um, and then we have a new bus friend. hmm Huzzah.
1: Audrey Nelson. hmm
0: Connie, like, wakes up, and I guess it's the second day of this two-day bus trip, and... The this lady's watch has awakened her. I think it's like an alarm on her watch. Yeah, at like six
1: a.m., mm-hmm. which is shortly before they're going to arrive in L.A.
0: Mm-hmm. And so yeah, Audrey, Connie calls her Mrs. Nelson, and like growing up in California, I'm I'm sorry to the rest of the country, but adults tell children to call them by their first name after a certain point. So like I feel weird calling people by their last name. Yeah kind of like in college as well the professors are like please just call me steve and it's like uh i don't know how to call you steve you're my professor it's like if you call
1: me mr johnson then i'll call you mrs whatever your last name is
0: yeah i don't know there's like a breakdown of formality where it's just culturally people don't feel the same way about it in california yeah necessarily necessarily so anyway that's why i'm like audrey blah 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 but connie calls her mrs nelson so anyway tangent they are, um. they get to chatting and Mrs. Nelson has just been to a funeral. She is coming home from her sister's funeral mm-hmm. and she, the way that she talks about it, she has a very Christian perspective on the whole thing of like, she is sad and going to miss her sister, but she is glad that her sister knew Jesus and that. Even though she doesn't understand this circumstance, she knows that one day it'll be made clear to her and she'll be able to see her sister again because they are both believers.
1: And then that's when we get a flashback to Karen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. This episode, um, which is one of the hardest Odyssey episodes, bar none, mm-hmm. in which um, a girl passes away uh, from cancer. And Connie in that episode just does not understand it. And when she talks to Wit about it, he doesn't understand it either. We talked about this in that recording.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it the prior it's episode? It's the prior episode. It's, so this is the last episode. And um, it's helpful, I feel like, that Wit admits that he doesn't understand and just says some things are beyond understanding, but we have faith in God. Which Connie doesn't, and that's like why it's hard for her. To believe that there is anybody in control of this or that there's any meaning to these horrible things that happen. So when we come
1: back from the flashback and we're mm-hmm. on the bus again, mm-hmm. Connie's chuckling to herself, thinking, it seems like Wit must have orchestrated this, that I would be sitting next to a Christian. Right. And Audrey's response is, well, it wasn't Wit. Yeah. You know that. Uh-huh. It was God who orchestrated this.
0: Yeah, and Connie's just like, oh, oh like, uh, don't say stuff like that. Like, she's not in receptive to it.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we have a V A A. Do we? For the bus driver? For the bus driver.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do.
1: I wrote down that the bus driver is Officer Harley. Because
0: it's the same voice. It is the same voice. I guess so. But some of that will eventually be, um harlow doyle private eye it's the harlow doyle voice it is the harlow doyle voice which weirdly enough is the eugene actor yep but here he is he's around and uh so yeah they're arriving and audrey tells connie that she's going to be praying for her because she senses that something is going on in connie's life Mm -hmm. and connie is like "Mm, thanks like you know not enthused to be being prayed for but it's fine and Audrey welcomes her to California. And I think that is the episode break. It is. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Episode break theme. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. It's just been so long since we've had a Chris Corner. <laughs> I know. It just kind of abruptly ends. It does abruptly end. Um I know. So I've I felt the need for there to be a fanfare. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what else I forgot is that we have a podcast tradition of, you know, like doing an outro that it matches mm-hmm. the thing what 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 would match what would match um uh, i think do we do the whole outro first as well of the you can email us at Podventures.
1: oh yes a little bit so i'll go ahead thanks for coming along on this ride to california everyone for
0: so far so far
1: we're going to see in part two where exactly this journey takes connie next Uh, In the meantime, you can email us at podventuresinodyssey at gmail.com if you have any thoughts about California that you want to share. Opinions? (laughs) Just strong California opinions? Strong California opinions? Denver opinions? How do you feel about your hometown? How do you feel about automated trains? Children on buses?
0: Eugene?
1: Oh yes, please. How do you feel about Eugene? The most important thing of all yes and in the spirit of efficiency <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you know that we can make this podcast more efficient by making it into a computer program <laughs> now if you know how to do that that'd be great <laughs> just write an ai to generate like a text generating AI, you know, we'll make it listen to all of Odyssey and then have it produce an Odyssey episode and that can be our podcast from now on. We don't have to think anymore. We don't have to set up these microphones,
1: sitting here with the mixer, waiting for the temperature to slowly creep up to 80 degrees.
0: Now, if Eugene could actually automate the whole recording process for us, that would be amazing, but we will continue to do the discussion part of it. And now in the spirit of two-parters, here we go on this bus. This one really doesn't have that interesting of a transition from no, part one it doesn't. to part two. <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, I've woken up and now we're in a different state. There's but no we're in California. California. We're in
1: California. We're already here. We've what a arrived. struggle. We um, gotta go to Denver. Yeah,
0: we gotta go to, oh, I'm waking up on the bus. Good morning. Where are we? We're in Denver. <laughs> Amazing. Join us next time for part two when we will be in Denver recording about Connie being in California. Catch you later, Catspaws. See ya. We should have done that each time there was a flashback. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Cut it in. (laughs) Yeah, actually don't. It would be so jarring.